0: You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Okay, and we are live. Welcome in, everybody, to the inaugural first live episode of Building the Broncos. I am your very temporary and short-term host of this of today's podcast chad jensen with me as always well i guess i, guess I shouldn't say always I'm, that's my rote thing right that's what i'm used to saying with me i'm excited to pass the baton to these guys and i'm sure most of you of course know carl and know nick here and we'll uh let's go ahead and do the, do this and get rid of these so you can see who each guy is here and uh of course your host for building the broncos nick kendall and carl dummler i'm chad jensen guys how you doing tonight nick how are you buddy
1: I'm doing pretty well. Like always got to start off with the weather. It looks like it's going to be cold coming up here. Classic Midwest, but that means draft season's around the corner. The days are getting longer. I think we're 40 days out until we have sunlight past 7 p.m. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm being optimistic today.
0: Good to hear. Carl, how about you, bro?
2: Well, I walked outside in sandals this morning, and uh, that was a big mistake because it was snowing. So uh, <laughs> I, I haven't learned my lesson yet. I'm, I'm still that stubborn guy that wears shorts in the middle of winter.
0: Gotcha. Well, guys, listen up. These Most of you, like I said, you guys are all, for the most part, well acquainted with Nick and Carl. I mean, after all, they've been publishing two podcasts per week for the last year plus. So you need no uh, introductions from me. However, you guys got to keep in mind, these guys are a couple of OGs that have been with me now, dating back to, they've been with Mile High Huddle now, what, 2017, I think it was, guys, that we all kind of crossed paths, right, and came together to forge this triumvirate, this power union and Broncos football analysis. These guys have been plugging away. In fact, this was way back when we first brought these guys on. I was doing, of course, Mile High Huddle was doing its thing, but I was actually doing a podcast called Locked on Broncos at the time, but I had already started Huddle Up the year prior with with my original co-host, Luke Polglaze, but when we decided to do Locked on Broncos, we had the whole Huddle Up podcast RSS feed just chilling and so when when we brought Nick and Carl on, Nick from the get go was like, "Hey, dude, we want to do a podcast." And I was like, "Hmm, yeah, let's just have you do Huddle Up." And then so for a short while, wasn't too long; it was like a month, maybe six weeks. You had Huddle Up podcast going. You had me and Luke on Lockdown Broncos, and then eventually we uh, decided to resign from Lockdown Broncos, and we all combined forces on our podcast side with Huddle Up. That went on for a while, and then we named shows specifically, and here we are. It's just cool, guys, if you think about it, to see how this whole podcast thing has taken shape and grown, and especially over the last year when we decided to take our shows—you know—basically make Mile High Huddles podcast programming a daily deal, literally one for every day of the week. I mean, it's just grown by leaps and bounds. But what a ride it's been so far! Yeah, yeah,
2: I've loved every moment of it. I mean, Nick and I—it's—it's uh, uh, it's been quite a ride with you, buddy.
1: Yeah, I know. We just literally found each other via a good friend of ours, Scott Porter, on a a forum. I know it kind of maybe dates us a little bit, but (laughs) back and forth, I'm like, man, this this guy, C.D. Dumbler, man, I'm a... I'm a fan and asked if he'd come join us on obviously my high huddle and just started up the podcast. And here we go from there. He still owes me a beer because he was a uh, Paxton uh, Lynch truther. I know I'm going to bring that up. If we're going to be on I video.
2: while you and your wife,
1: a beer, <laughs> my wife, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have, we, you know, we're not drinking like Natty lights or anything. We got expensive taste, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's really excited. I'm excited to be here to talk another year of draft with you. I mean, we're really getting into the, the crux of it. Now the senior bowl's come and gone. The Combine is right around the corner. Free agency. I mean, this is literally I know that obviously the games are the best part of the year, but the the hope that is free agency and the offseason makes it just so much fun for armchair GMs and people who like to ponder all the possibilities like you and I do.
2: Right. Well, and I just think of uh Chad always has to kind of like hone us in with our draft stuff because we, we start pretty much April well, the next day after the draft is over going, Hey, can we start doing draft mock drafts of the next draft? And he's like, uh, no. <laughs> so uh, yeah, which, yeah, it's good for us. We need that because otherwise yeah. it would be 24 seven draft and uh, that wouldn't be fun, but well, guys, uh, we, we're excited that it's finally that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's exciting that we're finally to that season now.
0: Heck yeah. yeah. And I hope our listeners and our live viewers right now, I hope you guys have your draft questions ready. Cause these guys are really going to drop some knowledge. I, unfortunately, can't stay for the entire podcast. I had a prior engagement. I just wanted to kind of be able to, you know, publicly give them some love and pass the baton, if you will. But these guys are going to crush it and hang out with you guys for the foreseeable future. If I know Nick and Carl, they'll be on here with you now for, I don't know, five, five and a half hours, something like that. (laughs) I, I kid, I kid. However... They're, they're going to take you down through the whole home stretch. I just, before I sign off and wish you guys all a good evening, I just want to remind our listeners really quickly, because these guys have a couple of topics they want to get to and, and discuss with you and with each other, and then they're going to get to some of your questions. But in the meantime, first, guys, make sure that you are following the the main, well, for these guys, actually. Let me do this. Let me let me type this up real quick. This is their their podcast Twitter account. And let me grab it. Bear with me. Okay, right there. You want to follow these guys' Twitter at Btb Football Pod, and then as you can see, where to follow them individually. Oh, there you go. Try it again. There you oh, go. Yeah. Yeah, I can't you, reach over that. across. Cross. There you go. <laughs> anyway, <just> slap himself. <laughs> so make sure you're following the appropriate uh, Twitter handles, and then don't forget, guys. This is building the Broncos, of course, and including Dove Valley Deep Divers uh, and building the Broncos. It, When it comes to Apple podcasts, it's all under the umbrella of huddle up. So please head on over there. It's a great organic way to support our shows and everything we do to bring you daily Broncos uh, podcast content, leave a creative review, let each show know what you think of them, how we're doing for you. And if you like what we're all doing, give us a five-star rating. It's great organic way to support what we're doing for you on the podcast side. And with that guys, I'm going to go ahead and sign off, break a leg, have fun guys. All of our awesome listeners and viewers, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. And Nick and Carl, have fun, my dudes.
2: Yeah, good luck, man. All right, guys. Good luck to us.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Amen. Have fun, guys.
3: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME.
4: Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right, well, be nice to us since this is our first live episode, and we're very excited. I mean, we've been talking about this for a week, or well, I guess a couple weeks now since Chad's been getting us excited about this, this opportunity. So uh, we're excited to get to some questions with you guys. Uh, but make sure, again, you're following us on Twitter because we'd love to talk on there. If you haven't seen, especially Nick, I, I mean, do you live on that thing? Is that just, how you communicate yeah. with your wife, too?
1: or? Uh, no, I think <laughs> I just uh, it helps me pass some time between patients at work. So I am uh, definitely enjoy it. Twitter. That's probably my my go to. Also, Facebook. I mean, probably thing is when I'm on it, I'm on it a lot. And then I just completely will be off it. Like if I'm off the grid, 48 hours, whatever, camp trip. But Twitter, yeah, if you need to get me a draft, Bronco, anything, tell me I'm stupid, tell me my hair looks good or bad, you know, just just add me on
2: Twitter. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a couple topics we wanted to get to and then uh, plenty of questions, hopefully, about draft and free agency and just the entire offseason. So very excited to get to that. But let's get to our first topic here. And just I've seen a couple people already in the comments have kind of talked a little bit about just, uh, I mean, this past weekend was pretty tough for sports world. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a basketball fan or not, but obviously the death of Kobe Bryant, uh, just kind of impact us all in different ways. Yeah. I, I think of, I mean, like for me, I have a daughter that's four years old and we play basketball and those kind of things. But, uh, I did, I saw a lot of people say that Kobe was the reason that they fell in love with sports. And so I wanted to start with this question and any of our listeners, uh, you can chime in as well on this. And, uh, I just wanted to ask this question. Who is that player that really got you to fall in love with sports?
1: Well, for me, it definitely is an obvious one. And I def- grew up a Bronco fan. I went to ask John Elway for a Halloween. and I had a Shannon Sharp jersey, a Terrell Davis jersey, a couple different John Elway jerseys. But the guy who made me first fall in love with sports was Mark McGuire. My first memory of anything sports related was that home run chase between him and Sammy Sosa in 1998 and i actually went to a, a game at wrigley field one of the first games i ever remember uh that was sammy Sosa and mark mcguire mark mcguire ended up hitting two home runs and sammy Sosa hit one and it was just it was nuts so i it's second grade my teacher was like you know he my parents were like oh yeah he really likes mark mcguire and my teacher was like no he is mark mcguire so that's the one that just absolutely obsessed with him and from there my sports my sports love grew from there so and also my Disdain for the the Chicago Cubs. You know, I'd really dislike some teams, but the Chicago Cubs are my least favorite team in all of sports.
2: <laughs> yeah, they they need to burn that Ivy down. Yeah, but, it's it's uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> too many balls get lost. It's green, today.
1: I guess. But eh. yeah,
2: yeah. It, for our listeners that don't know, we're both St. Louis Cardinals fans. I'm sorry for our Rockies listeners or Cubs listeners, but uh, yeah, I like the Rockies This, this is That'd something else we bonded kind of over team. before. There you go. But, uh, yeah, no, that was a fun chase watching Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire go for – I know there's some looking now on the past of uh, some things that might have been going on. But, uh, but no, that was a fun time of baseball. For me, it is a Denver Bronco player. It's not John Elway. I've seen a lot of people already saying John Elway is the guy. Uh, even a, a Tim Tebow in here. Ooh, Man, huh? yeah. woo my guy, <laughs> uh, i love this one john lynch that's another good one i like that one. but uh, no Terrell davis td mile high salute i loved it i i still remember that first super bowl my i i grew up in kansas i'm still in kansas so i'm surrounded by my chiefs fans and uh so my school there was like four of us that were four or five of us that were bronco fans and we, we got together for that Super Bowl at my house. And I remember, like, I think Terrell Davis did, like, a goal-line touchdown in that first game against the the Packers there. And so I tried to mimic it, and I dove over our couch, landed on a table that was full of chocolate pudding, and it went flying all over our couch. <laughs> I got grounded for that Super Bowl. But, uh, but hey, it was worth, worth it. it. Every yeah. moment of it. So th- that's one of my favorite football memories from when I was a kid, just... And so, yeah, Terrell Davis was my guy. Now, now I realize wanting to be a running back is not your best bet in football. But uh, back then, that's all I wanted to be, Terrell Davis.
1: I, if I had to go with a Bronco, I'd probably would have to say Shannon Sharp. Yeah. I had, I think, if the game was called NFL Game Day, it was a I believe PlayStation exclusive, and you know you could run whatever plays you wanted, but there was a play where it was a. Pretty much a post, I guess, and there was no tight end like Shannon Sharp in the game at that time and there was nobody who could guard him so i could probably i probably played on rookie mode i'd have been you know five six years old but i would like <laughs> finish games with like 500 receiving yards to shannon sharp i wouldn't throw it to anybody else It's just like oh he's open again against the linebackers of course he is yep. and also kind of probably in hindsight if like i had a kid and they were a fan of this guy i'd be like maybe not but i really like bill romanowski the mm-hmm. energy that he brought the just the tenacity the reckless abandon i mean that's that, like that is football right that's as a kid you know that's that's kind of what i wanted to be yeah. so i really enjoyed being those guys and when i got to play the game and anything so those are probably my favorites from when i was really young
2: i i yeah i, I can't disagree with you I, I mean also i mean i am a wide, re, wide receiver guy so rod smith you okay. gotta love the the underdog guy that just nobody expected to do as well as he did i absolutely loved watching him play football i mean he just played with that reckless abandon uh, ed mccaffrey yeah. I, I oh my gosh that broken leg, I was watching that live and that was the first time I ever cried watching sports. He so. probably has
1: one of my favorite. Besides the helicopter, he has my favorite play from that Super Bowl where he blocked that guy and then he went over the top of him and like pointed at him. I like yep. <laughs> I did that probably in the schoolyard multiple times and I was you know not the best. at that was pretty, pretty darn great. And I see we obviously have some great throwbacks here. I saw Floyd Little for one from Irvin Bailey there. I saw somebody mention um, Randy Gratishar and Wulan Jones. I mean, gosh, we're talking some real throwbacks there. So that is awesome. So Who I mean, Skip you, Bayless? Yeah, I hope, I hope you're not calling me Skip Bayless. I'm going to start no. calling like swole on that shit. No, shirt.
2: I'm saying somebody <laughs> made the comment that Skip Bayless is the guy that made him fall in love with sports.
1: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> hey,
1: I guess. Uh, you know what? He does. That's, yeah. That's. He's fun. I mean, yeah, he is. That's, that's, that's the point. It's entertainment. So be, it looks like we got a super chat here. I'm going to see if I'm doing this correctly to show it. All right. We're I guess we can get off a little off top. We'll come back to it here, but Aaron Lynch here, a uh, good name. I, that's actually one of our, uh, wasn't that a player that was in the draft a few years ago, an edge rusher from South Florida, Aaron Lynch. But at pick 15, here's the question right here. Do you think the Denver Broncos address line needs with someone like Tyler Beatis or add skill position with someone like Ruggs or Judy? Or is it too risky to target offensive line in later rounds? Well, that is a a good question. I'm going to take that off the screen there so you can see my beautiful face. And Carl's too, I guess. But um, for me, I don't think Tyler Beatis is worth the 15th overall pick, personally. Now, if we are looking at you know his tape from his freshman year, redshirt freshman year and redshirt sophomore year, I think that you could tuck yourself into a a late first round pick, but this past season he had surgery and it just he didn't play the same level for me. I go back and watch the games against Ohio State and even that game against Iowa, I thought he wasn't the best. He had a pretty Mediocre game, I thought, against Oregon as well. I actually right now have three centers I prefer in this class to Tyler Beatis. Um, Guys like, obviously, Lloyd Cushenberry, who just had the really good senior bowl, probably the talk of the town of the senior bowl. Uh, Matt Hennessy from Temple is another really good one. And my actually, my favorite center in this class is uh, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, who played right guard and center. So obviously, with the scheme change here coming a little bit with the Broncos, they might be going more power as opposed to zone heavy like they had with Scangarello giving Munchak a little bit more reins with the run scheme that that could change things a little bit I was actually doing a draft today and I kind of had a hard time not going to Tyler to but I think he's more of a guy who you're looking at bottom of round three probably is the range I would be looking to get him and that's I mean maybe I'm anti-Wisconsin bias I need to see how he tests and everything but this year's tape really left a bad taste in my mouth
2: right uh, you see a lot of the Big boards are starting to catch up. The media big boards yeah. where he was yeah. that top 20 pick for a long time. And now people have kind of watched his tape from this past year and seen him kind of drop off a little bit. He just didn't up his game after he showed so much promise last year. He regressed. He did. And and so there is a lot of bit of a worry of what happened there. Why did that happen? Uh, so he wouldn't be my choice if we're going offensive line. I really... Only the offensive tackles there at fifteen. I, I don't think there's an interior guy. I know Ruiz is your guy, but I don't think you're even willing to take him there at fifteen. I don't and think there's
1: so, a pure interior offensive line guy this year that you that's going in the first round, right? Unless, and then unless, then, then, unless uh, for some reason, Tristan Wirfs or Andrew Thomas gets transitioned
2: there, right? But, uh, yeah, right. And and you just wrote an article on this not too long ago about the. Should the Broncos build the offensive line or should they build the weapons? And, and we even had a podcast on this not too long ago about looking at the, the 49ers and Chiefs. What should what do the Broncos need to do to start looking like them? And uh, it really boiled down to they had so many more weapons than what the Broncos had. So then you look at guys like Ruggs and Judy. Yes, those guys at 15, Broncos should be jumping up, doing a fist pump. I've said if the Broncos get Jerry Judy at 15, and you guys can hold me to this, I will do a backflip. I will have my wife record it. Well, maybe she won't because she'll be sitting there saying, you're an idiot. Don't do this. You're going to break gonna your back." You're going to knock neck. out your other teeth. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, What's a couple more false teeth, right? But uh no, it, really, I mean, if you can add a guy like that to the roster, it, it just, it really changes how this offense has to be defended. And so, yeah, for me, you're looking a lot at those skill position players. Uh, there's other players that I'm definitely high on as well, but I, I think, the realistic look right now is some of those wide receivers Uh, lamb can be included in there. If if one of them falls, I do think if there's a position that's going to fall in this draft wide receiver, is it because it's so deep teams are going to realize they can wait to that second and third round to still find starter quality players. Yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked
1: looking at the wide receivers in this class. If, Right now, my number one in a vacuum would be C.D. Lamb. My number one for the Broncos specifically would be Jerry Judy, just because we're going to more 11 personnel. You're going to see a little bit more slot, obviously, with 11 personnel, and Jerry Judy can win their very good juxtaposition to Cortland Sutton. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if Henry Ruggs ends up being the first wide receiver taken or if LaVisca Chenault ends up being the first wide receiver taken, just because sometimes the further you get away from tape, Teams aren't drafting players for what they did. It's what they're going to do. And if LaVisca comes in, you know, 6'2, 225 and runs a 4-3-440, or Henry Ruggs runs a 4-2-240, you know, people are going to look at CD Lamb at running a 4-5 or Jerry Judy coming in at 190 and be like, you know, those guys are great, but how much better are they going to get? If I can get my hands on the The ball of clay, that is LaVisca Chenault, that is Henry Ruggs. I can make them incredible. And it's something also you see, you know, obviously Juju Smith Schuster came in right away. Really good, but you know, how much better can he get? AJ Brown, really good this season. He fell, but like, what is the ceiling? How much better can they get? So that's something that you have to look into when you're looking at these wide receivers. So right now, I think there's four guys that could go in the top right now. Obviously, Lamb and Judy are considered the top two, but after the combine, and the more we're hearing from the the NFL side of things, I don't think that's as Written in stone, as many people believe, going into this whole process.
3: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
4: Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Right, So, and uh, we want to give another shout-out here to, to Stu McPeak. Uh, for, for your donation, we really appreciate it there, and uh, we, we appreciate you appreciating our work. I guess yeah. is the way to say that. Uh, we, we love doing this absolutely, we <laughs> we we really do. So it, it's good that uh, we get to see that too.
1: And a beautiful, beautiful picture there, Stu, Seattle, probably one of my. Probably one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. Got to go there last yeah. summer, and gosh, it was incredible. And oh, I see another comment from Stu here. I like all beer. Maybe that's something I forgot to ask Chad if I can enjoy an adult beverage on the the stream. Maybe that's for the future. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. Today, well, yeah.
2: Not not today. So, We're on our best behavior today. Yeah, for uh, now, he's gone. We yeah. can do whatever we want. So he, <laughs> he said no cussing though, so. And- finished after one episode no uh no, i used to live in seattle for a year loved it i would move back there in a heartbeat and uh, i mean i love hoxie where i'm at and uh i love the people if i could take the people to hoxie or t- take the people from hoxie to seattle I-, I would definitely do that but uh so yeah great city and thanks for the thanks for the donation appreciate it so yeah, I guess we should come back to this this whole thing
1: here where we're talking about, you know, players that really made you first get into, you know, the sports in general, but also, yeah, you see your next topic here is what about the first player that really made you fall in love with the draft? And for me, you know, because I can go on talking forever. The first draft I really recall getting head over heels in love with was that 2011 draft, and you probably recall it was Marcel Darius versus uh, Patrick Peterson versus Von Miller. Actually, I was a pretty big JJ Watt fan uh, in that draft. I didn't think he was worth a number two overall pick, but I thought that he could be really special. Being in Iowa, seeing what he did with Wisconsin, I was like, man, this guy is a special player. And Iowa was switching, or Denver was switching to that. Well, actually, they're going to a 4 3. I think that's with so they the question of Von Miller fitting in that. Yep, exactly. But I really like JJ Watt. In hindsight, that looked pretty good. That draft also had Julio Jones, Tyron Smith, Ryan Kerrigan, AJ Green cam newton i mean gosh that's a that's one of the best draft class ever really good draft to first get in love with it but obviously looking back thank god the broncos went von miller the only one you could maybe say that they maybe they should have gone instead would be jj watt but i wouldn't trade von miller for the world so i guess looking back it's, it's von miller for me
2: yeah i actually remember i was at a buffalo wild wings in manhattan kansas where uh good old dalton reisner played college football but i was with a bunch of friends Nobody else is paying attention to the draft but me. Like, everybody else is having all these conversations, and I'm just sitting there, like, razor-focused, like, who are the Broncos taking? And uh, I I remember the crowd went – like, everybody went silent because I did a woo when the Broncos (laughs) drafted Von Miller. And everybody's like, what the heck is this guy doing? Uh, He's probably pretty – probably had a few adult beverages. But, uh, yeah, so I I was was very excited. Now, my first draft that I really remember – being excited about was 2003 so i was a junior in high school uh if you're ever wondering how old i am that i'm i'm the old guy other than than chad around here seems like but uh no terrence newman mm. i don't know he uh he grew up in salina kansas a few hours away from me went to k-state i remember going to a football camp and he was there he was one of the helpers and just got to talk to him. Just really nice guy. So followed his career all through K-State, found out he's going to be a first round pick, most likely. So then I really started paying attention to the draft of who's going to take this guy. And uh, so from then on, like just watching that draft and being excited about it, I just was I was hooked. Because I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is about building a team, and uh, you get to do it through all these these players." And I don't know, I just it did it got me very excited. So Terrence Newman is the guy that got me interested in the draft. Where did he end up going? Was he the fifth overall pick? Do uh, I remember calling that correctly? Seventh, I think, to Dallas. Okay. Okay, I knew that it was up there,
1: and I remember it being Dallas. For some reason, the fifth overall pick stuck out to me. So uh, we got some this, the chat coming in here. Obviously, Ryan Hamilton says it Look, looks like we got a couple of G's running the show now. You know, obviously, you guys are used to Zach and Chad, and they they can be G's in their own right. But I think maybe we got a little bit more a little bit more swag up in here now. It's right. <laughs> a little bit of Midwest vibe going on. <laughs> we got Aaron. Uh, we also also Joseph Malnowski. Wow, I totally butchered that. It's draft season, which is that's what we're here for, to butcher names and give you know, lukewarm takes. But some people are saying the Broncos should get Clowney. I definitely would not want him on our team between Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Clowney seems like he doesn't play 100% all the time. That's something with Clowney that definitely has been an issue with him. You know, His motor can run a little hot and cold. He has been healthy, which counts. But I just don't see why you put that much money into a guy who, when you already have von miller and bradley chubb i'd throw some money at jeremiah tauchu and call an edge rusher good maybe you can take a guy round three through seven but there's no reason to allocate resources and pay a clown name the kind of money right. that he's going to be looking for
2: well yeah and that, that's the thing is how much money he's wanting well, why don't you just up it a little bit and get chris jones who's a better yeah. true fit on the interior and yeah. is a guy that you don't have to worry about his motor he's going 100 all the time maybe a little bit of questions about durability yeah, there are some of those, and you, I definitely worry some. But again, you're getting a guy that's top three interior pass rusher in football right now, and putting that between Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, I'm sorry, good luck. Yeah,
1: and we got some people coming on here. Oh, we got Tony saying his first one was Jake the Jake Locker draft. That would have been the, the draft afterwards, correct? Or is that the same? That's
2: 2012, or was that 13? No, that was to the was that 2011. That might have been 2011 because there was also yeah.
1: Christian Ponder, right? Yeah, and yeah. all the other quarterbacks were really stunk. Gosh, who was that other first <laughs> one? Oh, Blaine Gabbert. So yeah. if you, if you didn't take uh, Cam Newton at the quarterback in the first round, you actually got a little bit.
2: He uh, missed a little bit, so. <clears throat> all right, we well. didn't need quarterback that year. You know, with yeah. Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow, we were set. Yeah,
1: so we got man a lot of questions coming in here, guys. Yeah, uh, Aaron Lynch between Rugs and Judy is the speed or route running ability more important for the Broncos' offense? Judy is electric, but Rugs' four two speed could really open up the field for our current talent. I think that Rugs was probably the player that I would have been more interested in with the Scangarello offense because you have much more of a a niche for that speed guy. You really almost have to have it. Where with the Shermer offense, the eleven personnel. You know, you don't really need to have such a dichotomized skill set between the two main weapons that you'd have out there. You actually have three now. And with Judy playing so much slot, I think that's actually the area he plays best because he can go either way. He has much more of the field to work with. Very similar to Amari Cooper. I think that's probably the best... comparison for him maybe somewhere between cooper and calvin ridley for just going to be totally easy and go with the alabama guys but i think the 11 personnel and the ability to win so quickly and get off the line and play the slot or z i think judy is a guy I'd put a little bit higher than rugs over, overall and it's just because i think he's a little bit safer pick
2: right well and that's it you're, you're getting year one production because yeah. he is he's the most nfl ready wide receiver in this draft I mean, I guess you could make an argument for Lamb being that guy because of all the things that he can bring to the field as well. But Judy just has such an advanced route running ability. And and like you said, with this offense, it is your ability to win at the line of scrimmage that makes the biggest difference because Mm -hmm. there's going to be so many quick throws, quick plays. And this is, again, why. I lean more towards weapons compared to the offensive line is because the ball's coming out so quickly on 90% of the passes. You're still going to have some deep shots, but it's not going to be to the level that, that we would have under Scangarello. And so, uh, yeah, for me, I, I do lean Judy right now. Yeah. It is a little bit safer, although rugs definitely has the higher upside. I mean, he could become the most electric player in all of the NFL, even more than Mr. Hill with the chiefs. I, I don't know about that. I think I think, I think he's
1: faster. I think, I don't he has think he's as I don't think he's as loose. I think he's a little bit stiffer. And it's the it's the looseness of Hill that on top of the speed that makes him a different player for me. And also when you are paired with arguably the best receiving tight end and one of the most pass friendly offenses, with arguably one of the best quarterbacks, you know, you're gonna look pretty darn good. But I just it scares me to compare any prospect to the best version of what they can be in the NFL. So maybe if I can go a step lower, maybe a Brandon Cooks.
2: Maybe. I'd put him higher than that,
4: but
1: Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, I don't think he is a John Russ, though. I see Tony oh my gosh, I am so bad with these names. Sahajian. Uh he said Ruggs is another John Ross. I could see Ruggs going nine overall or that high, but I don't think he is John Ross. The biggest thing with John Ross is he just can't stay on the field. Dude is injured all the time. And you can see the difference in the Cincinnati offense. Their production with or without Ross is incredible. I mean, he opens up things for him, similar to Will Fuller, another injury guy with the Texans, but even if they aren't producing statistically the threat of them on the field and how they dictate coverage is so important that, you know, throughout the stats that they're creating for everybody else, it's like having a good three-point shooter in basketball, you know, even if he isn't putting up the shots, the threat of him creates spacing for others to make easier plays. And it just makes the offense work that much more efficient. So, all right, uh, Carl, you can get a question here.
2: Okay. I like this one uh, from SJ Edgecombe, I think is how you would say that. Uh, (laughs) I love you guys. The work you do, I can make arguments for us to get Chenault, even though he is comparable to Sutton. Do you think there's a chance we can get Visca? I think there's a great chance. Yeah. I I think right now, I honestly, I have him as my third wide receiver in this draft. And I I know you're a little bit higher on rugs than, than Chenault right now. But uh, if those medicals come back clean, he is such a great fit for this offense of what he can do by himself and creating space and and just being able to to win one-on-one battles, uh, his ability to just power through guys. I mean, he's got everything you want. You can really design an entire offense around him. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I would love LaVisca in this offense. And I really do think with Shermer in the, in the building, he becomes an even higher priority for the Broncos on their board.
1: The biggest thing will be medicals. You know, everybody's talking about Chenault, like, oh, you can't take him because of medicals. But until the combine happens and the Broncos get their own hands on him, you you can't really say one way or the other. So if he goes out there and absolutely kills at the combine and goes out, you know, 6'2", 225 and shows solid hands in the, in the drills, he could be the first wide receiver taken. I mean, a lot of people thought he was the number one wide receiver in football coming into this year, even though we already knew what Judy and Lamb could bring to the table. It's just that athletic package is rare. I know I, I like to give, you know, shout out here to Brian Konigsberg. I like to give him a hard time, but he said, um, he said that he is, LaVisca Schnall is a lot like, you know, Derek Henry as a wide receiver and I wanted to give him a hard time. I was like, Hey, where'd you get that Ryan? Like I said that, you know, found the tweet back in like October or something. It's like, Oh, it just came to me. But that's really the skill set there. Once you get the ball to that guy, you know, quick in space, then it just, I mean, good luck good yeah. luck and obviously with how he runs that's a big that can be a concern because the injuries can add up but he's just so dynamic and powerful and just a threat that he isn't while he isn't a true speed guy the fact that he can do so much with the ball in space after the catch and create for himself and others is
2: just incredible this is the overtime podcast network <laughs> and hey we want to give a shout out for uh, super chat terry randall uh, thanks for the donation, man. Uh, you are awesome. Uh, you know, I know. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> so no, we really appreciate it. And uh, we really appreciate all you being here and getting this chance to interact, man. this is awesome. I, I love getting all these questions and getting a chance to talk here. This is great.
1: Yeah, no, it is great. This is really interesting. I feel overwhelmed with how many comments, but that is great because we can see so many different ones here. Um, I do see some people bringing up the Schnault injury history guys. We know it's there. If he didn't have the injury history, he'd be going top top seven and that that's why you just have to wait for the medicals at the combine you know that if they come back or there's a red flag then you know take them off the board but until then it's just too much of an unknown until then and there's some talk that the, the the medicals with chenault are not as much of a concern as was made out i mean if he played at alabama there's a chance that he's playing through those injuries this year and we're not even like talking about it but because colorado kind of lost their their let's see i don't want to say playoff hopes but chances for a great season pretty quickly you know they they were looking out for the player more than the program and that's that's a big reason that he didn't play those games so it would be interesting now theory i hear an interesting question here from ben lee uh theoretically if the broncos in fact i'm going to show it because bear with me we're still getting this all worked out theoretically if the broncos had the number one overall pick who would they take and no trades down, no trade downs, Carl. I know that's the, the obvious one. Oh, I trade down for every single pick. (laughs) Uh, I think honestly it'd have to be chase young. It would have to be chase young for me. He is so dynamic. Von Miller is going to be 31 years old this year. And they're come up to a point in the next couple seasons where, you know, it's going to be a discussion if they're going to keep him or not. So obviously I would keep him. But if you have a guy like chase young, you know, smacking you in the face, I don't think you overthink it.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like the quarterbacks in this draft. I like to uh I like Joe Burrow, but I don't think they're so much better than what I think Locke can be. Yes. That it makes me pass on a, a talent like Chase Young. I mean, he, he's one of those Trevor guys Lawrence. that he, Right. Well then we'd have a discussion. But no, it, really Chase Young, he is just one of those dynamic players that you're just going like when Von Miller was coming out, you go, Oh my gosh, like you can get a talent like this in the NFL. And so being able to, to pair him with like a Bradley Chubb and you'll be able to find ways to get all three guys on the field at the same time, you just don't question it. You take the number one player in the entire draft.
1: Yeah, and here's an interesting question. I've seen uh, Gage gauge Madrid here has actually had a few that have been interesting. Um, he's having a hope that some wide receiver prospects will fall to the second round for the Broncos, and that's a possibility. I think probably right now, you know, gun to my head, if you said, what's the position that's going to be the best player on the board when the Broncos pick at 15? It's probably wide receiver, but are there any wide receivers that you are personally hoping fall to the Broncos round two?
2: Well, for me, I mean, Jalen Rager obviously has to be pretty close to the top of the list. Um Ayuk is another one. Yes. The, those two, because they're both dynamic players that just take the top off a of defense. Uh They can win short. They can win long. They they can do everything. They're, they're just a little bit lower of below the other guys that are going to be there in the first round. Uh There's not a huge drop-off. And this is why the, the whole argument comes up of, would you want to take a guy that's an A plus in the first round or a guy that's an A in the second round and get a guy that's an A at another position in the first round? I mean, this is going to be the discussion the Broncos are going to have to have this year. And yep. uh, I'm one of those, just take the A plus and move on. Like, yeah. be excited about that. And, yeah, there's going to be talent there in the second. That you're going, oh, my gosh, this guy's still here? How did that happen? But, uh, but no, it is. I, I just, th- there's going to be some guys. And, and, like I said, if other guys fall, like uh, Tristan Wirfs, uh, Jedrick Wills, one of those kind of guys falls in the first, then yeah, I'm taking that and feeling really good that I can go get a dynamic wide receiver in the second.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. A guy that I think would be interesting, I wouldn't take first overall, but I I think that he is so talented, and I want to give a shout out to Bawana Beast, uh, I've, I The more I watch Akuda, the more I am just thoroughly impressed with this tape. I think he is so much better than any other cornerback in this class that if I was going to make tier... Years right now, Okuda would occupy tier one. I'd leave tier two blank, and then I'd start with tier three. Yeah, that's how much of a difference I think there is in talent level between Okuda and the
2: the other corners in this class. And I uh, want to give a shout out here to Mark Langley. Uh, thanks for the donation, donation man. Uh, Garrett is used toilet bowls. <laughs> well, <laughs> you might yeah, have like to. to, to you, up, you might have to put up with him for another year, unfortunately. That That might be the the situation the Broncos run into. and hopefully, because of Mike Munchek being in the building, he is now the the unquestioned top offensive line coach in football with Scang- uh, uh, Scar, Scarnesian, or however you say his name from the Patriots retiring. So that'll be a uh, huge for the Broncos. I did want to get to this question here, though. Didn't John Elway say himself he wouldn't he won't draft Alabama players hence, Ruggs and Jerry. Um He never said that. That'd be a really
1: yeah. bad strategy. Right. That's like like playing poker, like I'm never gonna go in if I have pocket aces.
2: Right. <laughs> you right. Know? No. He he's never said it. He yes, he's never drafted an Alabama player. And I guess you can maybe I, I still don't think you can draw that conclusion. He is still there's we know that there are drafts that he has tried to trade up for an Alabama player. And the
1: opportunity just has to present itself and he right. might he might value specifically the trench and front seven guys a little less and running backs, of course, just because of the wear and tear and what happens at Alabama with Sabin and how they use those guys, you know, to the squeeze into the core, right. but I think that you can't rule it out. I mean, the medicals are the medicals either way, and maybe that can be a tiebreaker, but I don't think that you can't live in a world where you're avoiding them no matter what, and obviously Schirmer has connection to Alabama with Saban, so, and Vic Fangio does as well, so that might change, but I think you know, scouting Bible rule number one is you scout the player, not the helmet, which means every player is their own individual. You don't base them on the program. If you do that, you miss out on... Gosh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was a Tedford quarterback and all the Tedford quarterbacks busted before that. So, you know, you have to every single player is their own individual. You have to assess them as such. So right. will he take an Alabama guy. Maybe if he doesn't, you know, that's fine. But I would not rule it out.
2: Right. I mean, I, I do know that he has a tendency to lean towards Pac-12 players and Big I mean, 10, more and more. Right. Right. It seems like those are the two conferences that he focuses on the most. But it doesn't mean that he won't take players from other places. I mean, he's taken p- players from the SEC, ACC, all those different conferences. So uh, you can read into that what you want, I guess. But for now, I really don't think you can sit there and say if Ruggs or Jerry is not as there that he's going to pass on them just because they're from Alabama. Yeah, I broad. think they, I think there's a good chance this could be the draft where that gets broken.
1: I agree, and I do want to bring this one up. I think you clicked on it maybe a second ago. I didn't want to leave it out after you, you teased him a little bit. MR1983. Yeah, that was rude. Everyone give Carl a hard time. No. Uh, chances 1-10 <laughs> to 10 if the Broncos bring in Brady. I know it sounds crazy, but, but Manning... So the Manning situation theoretically, would it be a good thing for the organization as a whole or not? I don't see them bringing in Tom Brady personally. I think that that is a rather unlikely scenario. I think if they do bring in a veteran quarterback, the guy that would be interesting would be drew Brees. I know that Jack Elway, John Elway's dad was a big proponent of drew Brees coming out of Purdue with the, the Tiller offense back in, gosh, I have no idea what year that would have been, but, uh, that, Probably early two thousands because the Philip Rivers was two thousand four, yeah. so probably like two thousand to two thousand three. Um, so, if Drew Brees became available, I could see that maybe happening. But Brady, I think that's I think that's less like I think it's less likely either way. I think the cu- right. type of quarterback you're going to bring in is a Matt Moore type, but maybe a Chase Daniel. But Tom Brady, I'm not going to say never because crazy things have happened many times. It's the NFL. John alway who knew the hell, who knows what the heck he's going to do? Right, but.
2: And, and I'd you, go with one out of 10. And you have to kind of remember the Broncos had Tim Tebow at that time. Yeah. You no, know, like Tebow Mania was taken over. And I mean, that was, that was a fun year. That, that was one of the funnest years to follow the Broncos ever. I mean, just crazy wins that are just, how did that happen? We don't know, but uh, you could tell the Broncos knew Tim Tebow is not the long-term solution. I yeah. think there's a big difference now. And also Tim Tebow is drafted by McDaniels, not Elway. Where Drew Locke is Elway's quarterback, so I think there's a lot of different situations here uh, building, and so I think Brady. I think it's Patriots, uh, Chargers. I'm trying to think of other teams that might be Raiders. Raiders. There Gold. you go. Uh, and really, those two teams. It's more. It's not really that they're keep wanting to compete for Super Bowls. It's more that they're wanting to get fans in the stands by bringing in Brady. So kind of keep that in mind because Brady's not the same quarterback, obviously, that he was even three years ago. Uh, That's so, for
1: Brady would be Indianapolis. It would. Really good offensive line, gets to play indoors. The home games or the away games in the division are in the south. Ah, we'll see. That would be pretty right. darn crazy. So we there's were talking
2: talk about – oh, oh, There's some talk of Phillip Rivers going to the
1: Colts. I Who knows? the one I know Philip Rivers has been connected to the – the, the Buccaneers, but I don't understand how he fits in the Bruce Arians offense when they're not only going to ask him to throw 500 times a year, but they're going to ask him to throw it vertically constantly. I guess maybe you can bring him in like a relief pitcher at the end of the game, or maybe you started it off, you know, <laughs> something, yeah. something kind of crazy like
2: that, but it doesn't make sense to go the other way. I do want to thank Brandon Miller scarnichia or is that how you say it? The- scarnichia yeah, there you go okay i always get that one wrong those do italians i know why do they have to make their name so complicated but uh thank you brandon miller for i always called him scar because i could never say his name right obviously so uh yeah that, that's but i appreciate you putting that out there for us um here's a good one if if andrew thomas falls do you take him if you have a choice between thomas and judy who are you taking uh to answer the second question first i'm taking judy now to answer the first question, there actually is a really good chance that Andrew Thomas falls because he's another one of those players that he had this huge bump where he was a top five player as the season started. And now that people have seen his tape, he's starting to fall down boards. And so there, there really is some talk that he could be a late first round pick. Uh, just, I mean, there's other offensive tackles that have moved up and and he's just kind of been pushed down the board a little bit. There are some questions just his game. Just th- th- there's things that are not there. Uh, th- there's times where just y- you see him. There's one game. I remember Everybody's talking about me, a top five player. And I watched him. I think there's like three or four pressures in the game that he gave up. This is the Notre Dame game? It might have been. I-, I think that that's right. And I was just kind of like, really, this is a top five pick consensus. Number one, offensive tackle in the draft. I was like, I'm just, I guess I'm not seeing it. And I-, I still like him. And if the Broncos have a chance to, to get him, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that because, one, you put him with Mike Munchak, there, there's no telling what he can turn into. But, uh, but still, yeah, there, there's some flaws to his game that are really causing him to fall down. I just think that he's
1: more scheme specific. I don't think teams view him as a good enough mover in space where he's going to be that left tackle that you want. And I don't think he's got the movement to be a heavy zone scheme guy. So I know that more and more people are talking about Tristan Wirfs being a guy that might be moving into guard. But I think Andrew Thomas, if you ask me, and maybe this is me being biased, but I think Thomas is the guy who I think is probably the one who's going to be, if you're going to kick any of those top four guys, you know, uh, between Wills, Wirfs, Thomas, and Becton into guard, I think it's Thomas. So to get to the question, I guess right now I would lean towards, man, that's a good question. Andrew Thomas or Judy? Gun to my head right now, the best player on my board would be Judy between them, but I think you can probably get a better wide receiver round two to pair with Thomas than you could get a offensive lineman round two. So I,
2: don't know. I, I like Nang in the second.
1: Niang, Yeah. Yeah. I just the thing is, I think if you're going to use a round one pick on an offensive lineman, it's very complicated, but you are married to Garrett Bowles at left tackle, at least starting out of the gate. And you're married to, let me get my fingers in there, Juwan James in right tackle just because of the money, the allocation. So you need a guy, if it's going to be a first rounder, they need to come in and play, be able to play guard year one and then have that ability to move to tackle later on after 2020. So for me, I don't know if Becton can play guard. He's huge, (laughs) you know, strong, but he's six foot seven. like. (laughs) You're going to throw it over him. I'd love to see him in right. Arizona. Watch Kyler Murray throw it over him.
2: But, <laughs> He's going to get pegged um, in the back of the head and get concussions that way. Honestly,
1: that might rule him out with Cleveland too, but that's a whole, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Uh, but I think that if you're taking a first-round guy, I think Thomas could play guard year one in the move to tackle. So I might lean Thomas, honestly. That's a really tough question. The the whole comments with Judy, there's some rumors about medicals with him. Those have me a little bit concerned. Yeah. But that's that's a great question. I. I want to plead the fifth for now, you know, ask me after the combine, but it's, that's a, that's a good question. So gosh, we have some more here. Mark Langley again, coming in with a, a donation. Good to see you guys live. Thank you very much, Mark. Brandon McManus, new kicker. All right. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's okay, but I think that you definitely want to bring in competition for him this yep. upcoming year. Honestly, the punter is the bigger issue. I would say yep. right now, there is a punter. Gosh, I cannot remember his name. I had him in my, I'm working on a mock draft. Hopefully I'll have it out for you guys tomorrow. But the, in the senior bowl, everybody was excited about that Texas A&M puncher, McMahon. Man. But the South, the South Carolina puncher was the one that was getting real hype coming out of there. He was hitting like 70-yard punts. So you definitely have to bring in somebody to challenge the puncher. Maybe, I don't know, I think that the puncher obviously may have some, maybe some blackmail on our special teams coach. But uh, you know that's something that might come down later
2: on. <laughs> Sorry, if you have a choice between rugs or this is Clay Daglish. I think I got that right, maybe. Uh, sorry, I, I know. We're terrible with names. You can crucify us in the, the comments. but uh, you have from a choice, Kansas. He reads at a third grade level. It's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> if you have a choice between rugs or cushionberry, which do you take? I take Cushenberry because of how thick the wide receiver class is. Thoughts? I take rugs Cushionberry isn't
1: a first round talent. In my opinion, he doesn't, yeah. have, he's a really solid player. I just don't see the, the athletic traits that make him a, you have to be pretty freaking special to be a first round center. You know, you have to like, who was it last year Garrett Bradbury, probably one of the better athletes we've seen at center in some time. And he struggled this past year in pass protection, but his ability to reach block in that zone scheme is, it's already one of the better in the NFL. So I think Cushionberry. if you can take him there in second, you live with it. But I don't think the upside is there. So Ruggs is a better player. I don't think that's that's too much of a question. You can find – They know it's a good wide receiver class too, but it's a good center class on top of it, especially later right. on. I mean, round three to round six, there will probably be four or five centers that get some play in the NFL that are going to be taken in those rounds.
2: Right. Well, and I, I think you're seeing more and more how much – center is a position you really can plug and play a lot of guys that can still go in there and still play at a high level i mean paradise was sixth round yes
1: and he used first year on the practice squad even
2: right and then i mean mcgovern was third round so you can find a quality starter or at least a starter to be able to plug in there and and do pretty well uh so I, i'm not as high on on taking an interior offensive line there in the first second round on, I'm good with that, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you there.
1: Sorry, I put that up while you were still talking there. Uh, Should the Broncos keep Derek Wolf or let him hit the open market? I do think that you let him hit the open market. He's not a guy where you can't let him hit the open market because you can't risk losing him. But I think Derek Wolf, he's one that personally I would be looking to bring back if the deal is right. You know, you're hopefully maybe offer him a bigger, guaranteed money but a lesser cap hit to bring him back. He's a leader in the clubhouse. He fits the scheme really well and I know that the injuries have been an issue but he's a guy who you're going to pay him to be a a base starter more than anything else. So and you have some money to burn. Obviously you don't want to just toss money around but I think he fits really well and it would make a lot of sense.
2: Right. No, I'm I'm with you. I mean there's other guys you got to prioritize to sign before they hit free agency. And, like yeah. said, he's a guy that I think you can let test the market and then come back and say, "Okay, yeah, let's match that or not match that, whatever it may be. Kind of th- same thing with Shelby Harris. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not one that's wanting to really set the market for him. I'm wanting the market to set the market for him, kind of thing. I mean, just uh, he he's a good player. I think he did some good things this year, but he's not so far up my list that I'm willing to not let him hit free agency. I mean, you signed Simmons, obviously. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, it's really Simmons. (laughs) You got to get him locked up. I don't know that there's any others that you're so gung ho that you have to get them back on the team this year. Yeah, I definitely,
1: I agree with you there. I mean, there's going to be some other defensive linemen that are worth pursuing as well. Obviously you have a solid nose tackle and Mike Purcell, I think he's a little bit more of a jag than he is a true difference maker, but he's cheap. He's still young. He's one of the better run stoppers. So you have him in base. You're fine there. And then Draymond Jones was really coming on at the end. But can Draymond Jones play full time as a five technique? I wouldn't be super comfortable with that next season. I think he's more of that three technique that you have in there. He's more of a sub package player. You know, when you have the the two defensive linemen with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on the edges. So I do think you got to bring in somebody there, a body. And there'll be bodies available in free agency. You know, potentially an Akeem Hicks could hit the market with the Bears. The Bears are in cap trouble. Clayus Campbell is another one that could hit the market. Obviously, Chris Jones is an interesting guy. Vernon Butler is a former first-round pick. Uh, Jordan Phillips. So there'll be some defensive linemen. I would be shocked if the Broncos didn't bring in somebody who could project as a – base defensive end, you know, the five technique, four, four, I wherever he's lined up on that tackle uh, year one, and then maybe can do some stuff in sub as well, but you got to find somebody that can play that base defensive end. And they just, I don't see that on their roster right now, because you have a guy named Demarcus Walker who has issues one-on-one against tight ends. And then you have Draymond Jones who they did pretty much everything they could last year to put him in sub packages and make sure that he was on the field, not in rundowns, but in pass rushing downs. So I would bring back, I would bring back, Wolf, just for stability's sake, and that's not going to cost much and you're going to get good play for 11 games max or not max, but
2: average. Right. All right. I want to give a quick shout out here to, to Joseph Carson jr. See, I can get that name. I hope I got that name, <laughs> but uh, hey, glad that you're joining us here on on the live side of things. We appreciate that. Appreciate your donation. Uh, uh, thanks for being one of our super chat members here. Really, really appreciate that. I did like a couple of these questions coming in about uh, Reisner because this is uh, one of the the big questions, uh, kind of trying to figure out where the people are going to play on the offensive line, who's going to be in the offensive line. But this question came in, could Reisner play right guard and Thomas at left in theory, wasn't Reisner originally put a left guard to babysit bowls? I, I, I don't know babysit's the right word, but I think more likely what
1: you're going to see there, I don't think Thomas has got the movement skills to play left tackle in the NFL. So for me, you could move Reisner to right guard. I think you probably keep him at left guard, though. And what you would see if you did bring in Andrew Thomas, and you keep showing, you already got rid of the question there, oh, but you sorry. need to Whoop. you need to be careful. You're giving too much love to Gage here. I'm just quitting. Gage, oh, good sorry. questions.
3: Yeah,
0: I really but, uh,
1: <laughs> Somebody said I look like him. I think Gage maybe got a little bit more of the red hair going on there. But uh, I think probably if you did draft either any of these guys round one, honestly, between Wills, Worfs and Thomas, your offensive line would probably be, Bowls at left tackle, at least to start, and you know having some fire on his rear end with some competition is probably going to be a good thing. And then, who is was it? Reisner at left guard. Center will be a really interesting competition. There's been a lot of talk that they like Patrick Morris. There's been some talk that they like Schlottman there as well. And B.J. Finney, who worked with Munchak and the Steelers, has been rumored to the Broncos from Nikki Jablava to – Benjamin Albright to I think Mike Kliss as well. So that's somebody that there's too much smoke going there for me to think the Broncos aren't saying, Hey, we're going to go after BJ Finney. And then right guard would be Thomas Worf's Wills with right tackle being Juwan James for gosh, I don't know, a couple
2: series until whatever happens, <laughs> but, right. uh, and, but, and I do just want ahead. to comment a little bit on the, the babysit side of things. I think it more has to do with Leary didn't like the left guard spot. He, I mean, he's more comfortable at the right guard spot. And and I do think he struggled a little bit playing next to Bowles. They they didn't really communicate well, and so they kind of felt maybe that uh, that Reisner could do a better job relating to Bowles and kind of communicating things. And and a little they bit more be, patient. What?
1: A little bit more patient.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. Leary
1: was a little bit like, ah, oh, this isn't for me. I think yeah. he was a little. <laughs> that's what I mean. I didn't talk with Leary, but that's. You know, sometimes if you read enough stuff, you can read between the lines without right. them. You can get what they are thinking without them actually having to say it.
2: Right. So, and, uh, oh, we and got some. Me, good what? Oh, go ahead.
1: Thank you. Oh, you already brought up Joseph. Yep. Good to see you guys in the live stream. Joseph Carson. Sorry. Still trying to figure out this <laughs> stuff on the right over here. So, Um, Let me see. We got some more good comments coming in here. Uh, Here's a good one that we should probably, honestly, you guys get in your questions before we get out of here. Again, keep telling us your players that really made you not only fall in love with the Broncos, obviously with Kobe passing away and everybody else, but let me know, you know, who first got you into sports? Was it a player? Was it a family member? I mean, obviously, I think another one. Shout out to my dad. Yeah, he's a big one who got me into the sports as well. But this is a good question here from Micah Bradley. I worry about the cornerbacks, especially if Chris Harris Jr. leaves. Do you like any of the cornerbacks in this draft this year that could pros- possibly help out year one? Other than That's a really good question. Other than Akuda, Well, yes. Akuda would be incredible. If is there, is one of the few players that I would be considering trading up for. That should be a podcast. Discussion at another time, but um, for me, there's I think there's a good number of cornerbacks that you can get. Probably 15s a little bit early, but round two and round three, especially end of round one, I think you're going to see X come off the board. There's Terrell from Clemson who didn't have the best game in the national championship game, but I mean Burrow versus throwing up to the Bulitnikov winner and Jamar Chase. There was not a single cornerback. I think Akuta would have even struggled there. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I really like Jalen Johnson from Utah. He's a guy who's been trending up a lot of boards. If he has a good showing in the combine, he could end up being the second cornerback off the board. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I really like also, yeah. gosh, let me just keep moving. Back. Christian Fulton's a guy. I like a decent amount. I don't love him. At the, sometimes the physicality of the catch point or coming down is not as, but the upside is, click and close and his hip fluidity and his length and the tenaciousness he can show not always, but can show is really, really good. Uh, Tre- Trevin Diggs from Alabama is another interesting one. I like a fair amount. I think he's, he's probably one that you're not going to get as much out of year one though. Cause he's pretty raw. Also, I wonder yeah. if he's better in a cover three scheme where he can be use that length, use that physicality more instead of having to play off the line of scrimmage. I just worry about his ability to play off the line of scrimmage. Uh, obviously, Bryce Hall from Virginia is another interesting one that I like Jeff a lot. Gladney. And that, that, that was the last one. Jeff Gladney, probably probably one of my favorites for the scheme. I've seen him anywhere from end of the first round to the middle of the third round. There's just, I think the second round specifically is going to have just a good number of cornerbacks come off the board. Yep. But the only one that I have the first round grade on is um, Jeffrey Akuda. And honestly, again, we talked about this in one of the podcasts recently, he's considered a safety, but I think in the Broncos scheme, he plays as much nickel as safety and that's uh, McKinney. I think McKinney would be the my second defensive back off the board, and he'd fit this defense really well. He's listed as a safety, but with how much 4-2-5 you're going to play, that Nickelback is a starter. So,
2: you any know, he, he on, plays the Will Perks role. Any thoughts on C.J. Henderson? You didn't list him. Oh,
1: that, there's a reason I didn't list him. In a vacuum, I like him. In the Broncos scheme with how much one-on-one tackling you're going to have, can't have it. He's got great, school, great tools. I think his length and his click and close and everything, you know – Leave them on an island and man coverage. That's fine, but just the Broncos—they do a really good job of limiting the the air yards per target and keeping everything in front of them. So that means that the defensive backs have to be able to tackle because you're going to be in one-on-one situations. And CJ Henderson just has struggled with that time and time again. So I wouldn't be shocked if he was the second cornerback off the board. But for the Broncos specifically, I don't think he's the best scheme fit. All right, one more name for you here: Damon Arnett. Oh, there's one. That's another one as well. I like him a lot. I was really bummed that he pulled out of the the Senior Bowl. He could have made himself some real money. I think there is some character concerns uh, in the background. Maybe that was Sean Wade, but uh, he's one that I'd like a lot as well. And uh, maybe you'll see him in my mock tomorrow. Maybe. Mm-hmm. A hint. I don't know. I've been messing with this thing forever. If Eric's still on, he will come around and... Uh, give me a hard time about that at some point so all right we probably can get a couple more here guys but uh would if you have any questions about the draft or anything like that that would be great we love hearing from you guys this is all new for me but somebody said you guys are going to get addicted to this right now (laughs) i feel overwhelmed but i think once i get it it's going to be really really good Uh,
2: sorry for the questions we've missed yeah just keep them coming in Right. Uh, it keeps resetting to the bottom. I'm like, wait a minute. I was reading a comment and then it reset on me. So, uh, yeah, just uh, appreciate you guys. This has been a lot of fun. I've loved this. And uh, so, yeah, we'll get a couple more questions here. You got one here, Nick? Oh, uh, let me see. I'm one here.
1: Um, who can we look at at center and what are the odds that we sign McGovern? Uh, I think that B.J. Finney, I think most likely your center is going to come from somebody either on the roster already or B.J. Finney. So that's going to be Schlotman or Patrick Morris, who, again, just pay attention to the smoke. I know it's lion season, but if you keep hearing something from multiple sources, that means it's coming from somewhere, probably prominent. So Patrick Morris, he got a chance at left guard last year when Reisner was throwing up on the sideline in that the Detroit game. But Patrick Morris, a really good athlete and somebody who the Broncos claimed off waivers, who's worked with. Munchak in the past, and he his name just keeps coming up. So I'm not going to sleep on him at all. If not, I think it's probably B.J. Finney for that center position. What are the odds that we resign McGovern? Personally, I would like to bring back McGovern, but it sounds like his market is going to be eight to ten million. I mean, he's looking for that Cody Whitehair deal, maybe even ten point five million. And the Broncos, I don't think would want to pay him more than five. So I don't false him at all. He should go get whatever money he can. He's a fifth round pick. You know, this is your chance to make life changing money, but. I also don't fault the Broncos if they want to look elsewhere. I just don't think they prioritize paying that center position enough. I think they can find a guy. They think, I think they think they can find a guy.
2: All right. We'll, we'll get to this one here. Is there anyone that is as if not more physical as Reisner and is worth trading up or down to get them? I'm talking offensive line. And uh, yeah, th- there's some physical guys in this, this draft. Uh, Jedrick Wills. Yeah. You see him pancake guys left and right. Tristan Wirfs. Seen him pancake quite a few guys. Um, I'm trying to think.
1: Maudi from Fresno State is a guard that is really talented. Honestly, I think the best two pure guards in this draft are non-Power 5 guys. You have Maudi from Fresno State, who's had some injuries, but he's really worth paying attention to. And then Hunt from Louisiana is also another guard, very physical guys that I wasn't as interested in when I thought we were going to keep Scangarello. But now that the Broncos have moved on to maybe some more inside zone, maybe even more gap power scheme in the run game, those guys move up the move up the board for me, but you know, it'll, it will be interesting. Physicality does matter, but, You know, I'm looking for athleticism and movement skills and versatility, you know, to be able to play multiple schemes. I mean, you've seen how much the Broncos have skipped schemes over the last three seasons. That's over one draft class. I mean, over one rookie contract. you got to have guys who can do multiple things because you have to be able to run multiple schemes. And it's not just because you're getting turnover on the offensive coaching staff. But, I mean, look at the 49ers. You know, Kyle Shanahan. Oh, the outside zone he's running traps he's running counters he's running it's, uh, pulls he's running I and mean, just literally everything so i, I just don't want to i don't want to put myself in a box if you can do everything obviously you're going to go higher but those guys got to be valued more right so and uh, i think we got one more question here that i want to get to this is probably be the last one cuz hey we're over an hour what welcome chad yeah chad welcome this uh <laughs> deal with it, it keep it close to half an hour if you can guys <laughs> Uh, But the last one, who's your number one free agent target for the Broncos from Philip Morrell. And for me, the number Jones, I know I've had a crush on him since I mean, when he was playing at Mississippi state, one of my first, blog post every day. I don't want to you know, say where exactly or what my name was, but I was hyping Chris Jones like crazy. I'm like, this is the guy you want. He's going to be so good. You can get somebody later on. And you know, the upside is here. He can play five technique down to three technique. He can get after the passer. He's going to be special. And turned out he was special. You know, sometimes you're going to get lucky. You know, that's, I don't want to say, Oh, I'm this defensive line savant. You know, that was, there's as much luck involved in the opportunity as everything, mm-hmm. but I absolutely love Chris Jones. And if not only do you get the bonus of adding him to play between Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, which would be, gosh, getting goosebumps, but, um, you're, you're weakening the chiefs. So I actually added Chris Jones on Twitter a couple of years ago. I said, Hey man, when time's up, come play to dent, come play in Denver, play between play next to Von Miller. It'll be great. And he added me back and said, nah, fam, I'm good. But if he he's, I'm going to make sure that he knows about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, don't keep that same energy man so
2: uh well i'm gonna go byron jones Okay. the, the big reason for me is just when you think about this this fangio defense you need cornerbacks and safeties that can be multiple that they can do lots and lots of things on the field well byron jones has been both a high quality safety and a high quality corner in the nfl and, and he's shown just ability just to do anything and everything. He's a great athlete. So, I mean, you're talking about some of the wide receivers here in the AFC West and, and the athleticism that they bring. Byron Jones, I mean, if you're talking about guys that blew away the combine, Byron Jones is at the top of that list. Oh, and God. so I uh, just want to, I mean, that, that would be a guy that I think would really fit well with uh, the, the Denver Broncos.
1: The thing for me with Byron Jones is that while well, I think he is a really fun player, versatile kind of that cornerback safety hybrid, am I willing to make one pay in the NFL when the guy has that little ball production? I don't know. I think I might yes. take my chances. Oh man, I I don't know. I really that makes me concerned. It really does because that's I mean you saw Dallas. I think it was they just hired Mike Nolan, who blast from the past there. He was a Broncos defensive coordinator there for. Gosh, I don't remember. That was a while ago. But he talked about how important it is to get guys who can make plays on the ball. And that's just something Byron Jones doesn't bring. And obviously, if the, you know they're throwing it at Jadobi uh, Awuzie from Colorado or, gosh, that quarterback from Michigan whose name is escaping me right now that Dallas has, you can do those. You won't throw it at Byron Jones. But I might be personally looking for maybe something a little bit more off the quote-unquote scrap heap. You know, the second tier kind of guys, it may be a a guy that I just keep coming back to is Prince of Mukamara. I'd be fine going into next season with a round two to three cornerback, a Isaac Yadam, Bryce Callahan, Prince of Mukamara, and Devontae Bosby as your top five. Now, is that going to be the no fly zone? No, it's not. But we're not playing the Wade Phillips. Leave your cornerback on an island and then bring everybody. Good luck. You know, it's much more about the unit and the, the entire back seven covering. So you don't have to spend that kind of money on a cornerback. Obviously, you still want better cornerbacks if you can help it. You want good players if you can help it anywhere. But I just don't know if Byron Jones is one that I I personally would be willing to back
2: up the break struck for. So yep. that's just my take. All right. I want to get a quick shout out here to to Philip Merrill. Thank you for your donation. Uh, thanks for being a super part of the super chat. And uh, also just uh, Irvin Bailey. I feel you, man. I feel you <laughs> Southwest Nebraska. I'm Northwest Kansas. I understand being surrounded by chiefs fans, man. So, uh, Hey, it's been a great show. I uh, appreciate all of you joining us here today. This has been so much fun. I, I really, uh, this has been great. And, and Nick always fun to, to talk to you, man, and, and get this chance to talk some football. Any last second thoughts here?
1: Um, I know that we had a lot of comments on here that Carl and I did not get to answer folks. Get on Twitter, follow me, follow Carl, but just shoot us a question on Twitter literally any time of the day. And I will do my best to get back to it. And I will personally respond back to you with whatever questions you have draft Bronco related philosophy on life. What's the best kind of beer to drink? I mean, literally at me on Twitter. I'm here for you. I just, it's probably my favorite thing that I enjoy. Well, next to talking with you, Carl, let me see. Can I, Oh, oh you- high five. Oh,
2: am i i'm going the wrong way wrong
1: see it's backwards yeah we did it (laughs) yeah it's it's inverse i keep trying to mess with my hair and i keep going the wrong way it's driving (laughs) me nuts but um yeah no i appreciate you guys so much uh but that's probably going to have to wrap up today otherwise uh, chad is going to this will be our last one if we keep talking but this is brought to you by overtime media make sure you follow carl on twitter at Carl Dumbler, MHH, follow me on Twitter at Nick Kendall, M-H-H, that's K-E-N-D-E-L-L. Make sure you head on over to Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of the Maven Coalition and Sports Illustrated. And make sure you go on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating, a comment. We really appreciate it. When you guys can leave something funny too, I, I enjoy it. Like I'll be walking between meetings or walking to talk with patients and I'll just check and see if anybody's left a comment recently and just know that I, I do read them. I really appreciate it. And it really helps us uh, share the show. Make sure you're sharing it on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Periscope, the YouTube, wherever you're at. And you can find us the, the BTB football pod on iTunes and the huddle up, obviously, and now you got the Dove Valley Deep Divers as well. But you know, it's the first one. This isn't going to be the last one. I think Tuesdays are going to be our our slot. So you know, you guys make sure you uh, you give a hard time to Chad and Zach and Eric and Lance. You know, we're all we're all good friends, but I want to say that we can get a little bit competitive. <laughs> so you you can let them know that they need to step their game up. Maybe if, if, if you do enjoy us or if we need to step our game up. So really do appreciate you guys, everything, you know, giving us this platform and uh, we will see you all very soon. So you got anything before you want to get out of here, Carl? Nope. That was fun, man. Enjoyed it. Everybody can't wait to see you next time. All right. And be prepared for the consistently hour long podcast. Now, we're going to bring you more, you know, I guess you want quality over quantity, but we're going to bring you both. So, until next time guys. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your night and we'll see you soon.
2: Go Broncos. And
1: go
0: Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.